And I said to him, we've we've got to make this decision at some point. Mm. Like we can't. The longer we sit here, mm. the worse it's going to get. The worst thing is as well when they take them off the ventilator is they turn around and say we're going to disconnect it, but we don't know how long he'll breathe on his own for. Mm. So then, once they're disconnected, it's we had to sit and wait, wait, basically. Welcome along, everybody. And welcome to the Still Parents Podcast. It is episode number 54. Welcome along, each and every one of you. And, um, well, we're not doing this one live. We tried to, but, um, yeah, it's now a uh, on your podcast app only. We're having a little bit. The studio don't like us much at the minute. No, no it's problems. doing my head in at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Might smash it up. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is Ryan. Evening, Ryan. Good evening. How are you, mate? Okay, go on, cheer up, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, the studio's pissed me off now. So yeah, how is everyone? Matt's already yawning. That's a good start. No, I'm right. I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy Just getting days. out of the way early. This should be interesting. Matt's about to fall asleep. Ryan's about to trust the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here for this episode with our very special guest, uh, sat right next to me. It's nice to have. It's nice to have you in the studio with us as well. Welcome to Laura McCarthy. How you doing, Laura? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. Now, before we went live, do you tonight, know what? As well, she she sat there so patiently while we've dicked around with everything to no avail and she still sat there really patiently like she was sat in a doctor's waiting room <laughs> watching us three idiots try and fix it go on what, yeah. were, you re- what were you really thinking no, no, literally nothing I was liar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a liar <laughs> did you think oh these three plonkers <laughs> not only that because it's like the warmest day of the year so we're recording this what middle of June uh, there or thereabouts yes. 2023 for listening back in some point in the future and we're having this little English heat wave that we get for a few days where everyone loves it for a couple of minutes and everyone starts moaning about it I'm looking at you Matt yeah, it's already boring, isn't it? Yeah, because so, I, I remember It's already Matt, wishing for winter. I remember Matt from last last summer, which has flown by. Yes. When we had those really hot... I mean, this is nothing compared to what we had last year, was it? When we got up to like 40-odd. I get very cold very quickly, but I just want something in between. I, I remember just saying to Matt... Are you, give me comfortable. Are you on a, are you a complainer? You know, when it, like, no, goes, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. And then he complained for the next minute about the weather. <laughs> just, just... just. <laughs> I said, are you a complainer? No, I'm not. But it's just too hot though, isn't it? It's just too hot. Still hot, isn't it? Don't. We wait for it to come, then we all we do is complain about the weather. Are you one of those? Are you a complainer? When no, 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 I don't. I'm, 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 it's just an effort, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes is the answer. <laughs> just give me comfortable. Why have we got to go like, you know? It's not that bad though, is it? It's only like 20... But that's the problem with the... It was hot today, I thought. It was hot. Humid yeah. today. Humid, that's the word. I don't like humid, fresh. Give me fresh heat. Like I like that heat. hot heat, but not when it's sticky. You yeah, know that's I mean? the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Laura, <laughs> how are you? Have you come from far for... Uh, for tonight, for this? Uh, no, just about half an hour away in rugby. I, I was asking where you were from when we were off air, and, and you said this little yeah. place called, I'm from a, a little village called Desford, looking at me as if, because when was the last time anyone knew that place when you told them about it? No one knows where it is. No and that, that was where I lived for the first nine years of my life. Yeah, it's next door to Fraggle Rock. There you go. Yeah, it's in Leicestershire. <laughs> Leicestershire. <laughs> so it's got a few interesting places around it called Ratby, Ratby and Grooby. Groove and I yeah. said that literally sounded like a children's TV program. <laughs> it does, didn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Got to get home from school, have your chips before Rapping and Groovy comes on. <laughs> Laura, thank you very much for joining us. How did this come about? Did you just stumble across the podcast? Yeah, so I first heard about obviously the Lily Mae Foundation uh, in the hospital anyway. And by liking their page, I found the Still Parents podcast yeah. sort of links and videos and 
um, everything else. So I've been watching it for quite quite a while, actually. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I just thought, and tonight let's give it a go. Get, tonight you got to see how it actually is behind the scenes when we're all just shitting ourselves because nothing's working. <laughs> and no one's watching live tonight, so yeah. there's the irony. Yeah. Do you know, it's quite nice, though, actually, just sat here being able to have a chat yeah. and not having to piddle around with the cameras. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's quite nice. Yes, I know. Yeah. Ryan normally spends the first 10 minutes just with his head stuck in the laptop anyway, getting redder and redder, and then he, chill, then he chills out for a bit, eats some fruit gums, and then gets on with it all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so is there any episode in particular... That you that you remember standing out for obviously reasons that I know all episodes you know concerning the loss of a child, but anything with any previous guest or anything that that sticks in your mind. And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. The one that probably I remember most was uh, Matt's wife. Oh yeah, when she did it, is it Crystal Crystal, Crystal yeah, Whitehouse Crystal's podcast? Yeah, yeah, because that was coming at it from the the relationship angle with things as well, wasn't it? So yeah. Definitely. And I think it is definitely hard when um, you grieve in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of a struggle with those new emotions um, and dealing with them together, but on your own at the same time. Uh, Absolutely. So with that in mind and in your own words, in your own time, take as long as you need. If you want to tell us about your story that you and your your other half is Gav, isn't it? Yes. You and Gav went through with uh, with, with your son, Ellis. Uh, Yeah. So it was September... Uh, the 5th, uh, which was the Monday, I'd done my usual day-to-day stuff, school run, work, food shop, sort of all the boring stuff. Yeah. It got to about 6 o'clock at night, and I was starting to get a little bit of discomfort, like just bellyache and things like that. And Gav was working late that night, so he didn't get home till 8 o'clock, I think it was. Mm. By quarter past 9, mm. we are in the hospital, and I drove because I just thought I had a bit of bad tummy ache. And yeah. We were like, We'll ring up and go get checked out just in case. Everything had been fine up until this this point, was it? Everything had been fine, yeah. I mean, we sat and ate dinner together and the pain was getting worse and worse. Mm. Obviously, having Archie, our oldest as well, not once did contractions come into mind or you're in labour come into mind at all um, until we got to the hospital and then it ramped up. Right. um, Did you say how many weeks this was at at this point, by the way? Yeah, so it was 23 23. weeks in four days at that point so yeah doctors a few midwives there was about six seven people in the room and then they confirmed i was in labor so then it was like panic stations for everyone and they were trying to stop it so i think i had the magnesium drips and everything else i don't remember being given steroids but i was given steroids because i was just it was it was weird like i was at hospital but i was kind of i just kind of zoned out of everything right okay it was just Everyone was sort of running about and talking to Gav about everything. And I was just kind of he sat was on a bed as, like, as a kite. what's going on? Um, you seem quite calm. I've, we've only just met, but you seem quite, a, you've got quite a calm exterior. So how were you, how were you reacting at the time internally as well, you know, and, and the communication with, with Gav as he was being, being told stuff? Were you, did you know what was going on? Yeah, he was amazing. He, he, he sat there and when everyone sort of filtered out of the room, he explained it in sort of right. our way kind of thing. And he, he was he was so he was brilliant. He was like a second midwife and nurse while we were in the hospital and he yeah, he was great. So they all left and they he said, You're being given this, you're being putting on put on this strip, you're having this injection. So I was like, okay, well and anything they can do and it, it's still at that point we were getting to sort of eleven, half eleven at night. And still at that point I was like, oh no, it'll stop. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't think I'm in proper labour. Like, even though they've said 
you are a sort of kind of in denial about the stage and how and how bad it was yeah. getting at that point. Oh yeah, it's come out of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, I mean everything was fine all during that day, and we were getting ready for sort of like next scans and stuff like that. So to then be told a couple of hours later after pain start that you're in labour, it was it was a massive massive shock. Um, and then we got visited by the neonatal team mm. who straight away, because uh, I think they were panicking as well because it was late into the night and they just wanted to give us information as quick and as fast as kind of as they could. So it was like, oh, you, the, the percentage chance of sort of baby survival at 23 weeks isn't great. So from the off already, like he, he's not even sort of been born yet. What what is the what is the do you know what the percentage is? I can't remember off you guys, the top at of my twenty three weeks. weeks. I can find, I'll find out and but yeah, I'll I'll agree with obviously Laura yeah. it's it is very, very low. Was it was it going in like like you said, it's all come a bit out of nowhere, wasn't it? Um, Just a few hours ago you were sat there having your tea. Yeah, I think I was um completely fine until he turned around and said that Girls do better than boys, knowing we were having a boy. So I think that I think oh, okay. that sort of flipped to switching me, and, I, and at that point, I think it was like yeah. you, you need to start worrying now yeah, because yeah. that's a quite an honest thing. It is. I know I've got, got to be honest, right? But I feel like that's a little bit like too honest. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, and and if you're going to deliver that, maybe think about how you deliver it. I, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't there, right? But like it's. They le- they left us with um, it was either a poster or a leaflet of information with percentages yeah. on of chances of. They gave you a poster. They handed it um, to Gav. I was in I was in bed. Gav was sat on the chair next to me, and he he came in and reeled sort of statistics off, um, and then sort of mm. Gav was in disbelief. To be honest, I didn't think he said anything. They just they handed him this like piece of paper with it all on, <laughs> yeah. and we just sat. While I'm hooked up to, to like IVs and stuff like that, just looking at statistics and getting like our baby doesn't really have much yeah. of a chance now. It doesn't seem very compassionate. Yeah. But I don't know whether it was because it was like half half eleven coming up to midnight. Um oh, and they were, levels maybe and they were rushing around or maybe, yeah. weren't too staffed up. But he was then born at one thirty three in the morning. And he was taken... I mean, the care afterwards Good. was absolutely incredible. Um, so the labour was, was quick. So it all happened very Yeah, within... Fast I then. think it was five hours of us parking up at the hospital to him being born. But that shows, again, we've talked about it yeah, before. How, yeah. We've talked about how fragile this whole process yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And that just sums it up, like how, how quick things can just go... Yeah, and, and that and that's what I think um, yeah, absolutely makes sort of dealing with the emotions harder as well because it it happens so quickly and you sort of you can't your brain can't got, catch up can you no, no yeah you you're not prepared for it anyway and then because it happens so fast you're even more like okay what's going on and obviously he was taken straight over into the corner but by this point there was there was doctors there was nurses there was the neonatal team. There was just everyone. The room was packed. And I think I only caught a glimpse of Gav a couple of times because there was just people everywhere. Yeah. And they took him off into the corner and obviously did his... um... Did they explain what made the labour come so prematurely? No. So we didn't find out until March 
what actually happened through they had to send uh, the presenter off to be tested and everything so else how long did he live for uh 16 hours 16 so, yeah hours, he yeah. he was born at 1 33 in the morning yeah. and then passed away at around half past five like the same yeah, 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 like the same the evening. Day, yeah. yeah after he was born he was taken straight into his sort of incubator in mm. the corner um given the ventilator yeah. and, I think they hooked it. Yeah, he was on morphine and this, that, and the other. And they took him straight down to the right. neonatal unit. So we were kind of sat there, sort of, when can we go down? Like, we wanted to go straight away. Like, we don't really want to wait yeah. too long. So we got moved on to Ward 25. So the thing the thing that's hard as well, when you, when you have a baby that gets taken down into the neonatal unit, is that you then have to spend that evening on a ward listening to yeah. other, babies other babies crying yeah um, and i think that's what that's what we found hard i mean gav went to work on the i think it was the sunday was this happened on the monday night he was born the tuesday morning i don't think gav got any sleep until wednesday night thursday night so he was like yeah. running on empty he was like yeah, yeah. three three days into no sleep Shit. so what? yeah so i think i think it was around four in the morning yeah, I think it was about four in the morning on the Tuesday that we got to go down um, after we'd been moved um, and everything else to go see him. So, but, but yeah. was he ventilated? Yeah, yeah. He was a one and a half pounds. Okay, he was weight, so he was tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny, like yeah. premature nappies. They were they were huge yeah. on him. Yeah, he was tiny, and it was a massive shock as well seeing a mm. baby that small. We we walked in, um, and I walked straight back out again. Oh really? I just, yeah, I just couldn't. I was crying. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I think I screamed at some point. I don't really remember, but I just sat outside in the corridor on the floor, like it can't. That can't be. Can't be. Yeah, like, no, oh, baby, yeah. like and the, it's and so the, small. Yeah, at twenty-three weeks. It's this is coming from British Medical Journal. It says that six in ten babies will die. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And even if they survive, one in four would have a severe disability. But that doesn't mean that then. The other three quarters wouldn't have some form of mild disability, so that could be yeah. some form, of, uh, some form of learning uh, difficulty, mild cerebral palsy, because usually it tends to be bleeds on the brain at that sort of gestation. But then you've got lung development. It's just so many things. So there, many right? things. Yeah. So even though they look perfect, yeah, yeah, there's just so many, many wow. underdeveloped parts of the body everyone yeah. always says at any stage during your pregnancy sort of in the early stages midwives and stuff go on about the first 12 weeks being critical and that it's the first 12 weeks that the, the important weeks yeah. and i think having ellis at 23 nearly 24 weeks yeah um has just yeah. made me realize that yeah. the 12 weeks doesn't really matter so no. because when yeah. people say oh you, you're pregnant you wait for your first scan to mm. make sure everything's okay and whatever and then it sort of sets in your mind from that scan yeah, yeah. that everything yeah. from here on in is going to yeah, be completely yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and that's why that 12-week is a myth because yeah, ultimately yeah, it, it comes is. from the fact that, that is your, that's the first date where you'd have a scan. Now, I've seen heartbeats at five and a half weeks, yeah. six weeks. Yeah. So ultimately, it is a myth. Is that when they say, like, you no, know, you don't tell anyone really yeah. until, yeah, 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 until yeah. you get past the first 12 weeks? Do you think that's something that shouldn't be said anymore then? Not shouldn't be said. I just don't think that you should be told that the first 12 weeks are the critical yeah. weeks and then after that Everything, everything's right. going to go fine Yeah, um, because it's not the case. No, I agree. Going back to what you said, if you, if you don't mind, Laura, about you went in to see Ellis and you, you said you couldn't, you literally walked out straight away. 
understandably so. Yeah. How, how, wow, that thunder. That thunder's loud, isn't it? I don't know if you can hear it on the podcast. (laughs) How long before you went back in? I think it was only sort of 10, 15 minutes just to sit and console myself a little bit, calm down. And then I went back in and we met with consultants and stuff that they were just amazing. And they just explained everything, what every tube was for and what was happening and what what he was doing. And he he was moving his arms and legs around Mm. like, and he was stretching out and Mm. kicking and you put your finger in there and he was holding our finger and stuff like that. So he was, like Ryan said, fully formed, functioning. It's just like what's going on inside Mm. um, rather than like what Mm. they look like. Mm. When you said you spent about 10, 15 minutes just getting yourself ready, just thinking of anyone who maybe, unfortunately, is going through this right now. Can you remember any of your, how you how you collected your thoughts, how you calm yourself, what you were doing, how you were mentally preparing yourself to go back into this room? I think I just sat there and I just sort of, I was crying and everything else and Gav was cuddling me and he was sat on the floor with me and I just sort of said to him, like, we, we've just, we've got to go back in. Mm. Like, we're, we're his parents at the end of the day. We're, we need to go back in. So, and we did, and it was it was really really hard, yeah. like really hard. But we, it was fine, and they, they were seeing how well he was doing. Like he was moving around, and it was great. So we went out for some fresh air, and went upstairs, had showers, sort of collected ourselves together a little mm. bit, and then I think Gav popped out, and he popped uh, into see Ellis on his way back up. There was a new consultant in through shift changes and things like that and he said they'd done some more in-depth tests and scans and they noticed um a bleed i think it was on his the right side of his brain um right. but it was only small but they were going to keep an eye on it so gav was like okay you could keep an eye on it that's fine so we went down a little later on and obviously this was really quick obviously leaving our house to go to the hospital gav had nothing with him i had nothing with him i think my mum came um, to the hospital after work, Gav was like, "Oh, just pack of this, pack of that," and so he never said anything for him. So my mum, my mum said, "Let's get you home for a shower and sort yourself out." So mm. they left, and I thought I'll pop down. And he said, "We've just done. We're just about to do the scan now to check." And I thought, Gav's just left. Like they'll yeah. be on the M6 nearly home now. And he said, "The bleeds got a lot worse." So they they'd previously put him on a blood transfusion to see if that would help and it it didn't yeah so the bleed got worse so i was frantically like with no signal because there's no signal yeah, in hospitals at signal all in there, no. trying to sort of walk around to get a little bit of signal just to text yeah. him saying come back and so they'd literally do it literally just by our house and my mum turned around and came back i i just sat there waiting i, I think i knew what he was going to say but i said just wait for Gav to come back because I knew that I wouldn't I'd listen to the first few words and then I'd just shut down yeah so I was like wait till he comes back and we'll talk about it so he was like okay but the fact he said the bleeds got a lot lot worse mm. I was like well, if the blood transfusions not helped like I don't think there's much more that he can do so when Gav got back to the hospital he confirmed that with us that they'd done everything they could do and I was looking at him and I was thinking well there's well, by Other the time than, Gav got back to the hospital, that was it was that fast. Yeah, so Gav had oh. left and they'd redone this scan on his brain and noticed that the bleed had gotten worse. He he said we've we've given him everything that we can give him and we've done everything, 
and we we basically we can't do anything else. So we, I, but I was looking at him, and I was kind of, I was kind of uh, in a denial a little bit because I was like, he looks other than being small, he looks fine. Mm. So as you were just saying, stretching and yeah, grabbing your finger and yeah, and he was doing all of that, and it and it's like surely it can be fixed and it could be mended, and that, that's when um, the consultant said we have done the transfusions and stuff, and we've done everything we can, and we can't do any more, and that was it. That was sort of the end of it, and that was I think uh, I think that was around three o'clock in the afternoon that afternoon. So we then obviously got taken into the a little side room, a little family room, and they disconnected everything but the the ventilator and the morphine because he, he was hooked up to like antibiotics and stuff yeah. like that. They tell you you can have as long as you want with them. Um, so yeah, we just sat. I think my mum was there, my dad was there, my brother and my sister-in-law all came. Um, yeah, and we just sat in this little room for a couple of hours just holding him and just having those last few like moments and memories, really. That moment's like nothing else. I'm telling, I, mean, I know we had, we had two and a half days with, with Callie, but that, that moment where you realise there's nothing mm. that can be done, it's like... It, yeah, and also you think because these are medical people, these are doctors that doctors are supposed to make people better. Yeah, that's what we grow up thinking, isn't it? As kids and what have you, Doc yeah. we'll go to the doctors. The doctor will make us better because we'll have antibiotics or whatever it may be. And you, you're programmed to think that the doctor's going to make everything okay and everything. And then when they do turn around and say there is nothing, there is literally nothing more we can do. You're almost like no you shouldn't be saying that because you're a doctor. You yeah. should be able to yeah. fix and, mm. and you're left in this spiral, spiral of emotion and it's difficult to be able to explain what emotion it is. I think after after they yeah. said to us, there's nothing else we can do, everything after that, like you said, I just, just zoned out because mm. that's all I needed to know. I didn't mm. need to know anything yeah. else. You're in that emotional state, so trying to... Yeah, have have medical conversations with somebody yeah. who might not be using vernacular that you're familiar with in the no, first place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, exactly. I don't. Know, yeah. I want to ask when you find that news out because I know I did a little bit. Do you then kind of switch it and flip it almost subconsciously, where you're like, right, I've only got a certain amount of time now to spend with this little baby here, so actually I'm going to try and make the most of this moment but it's very difficult to do that because of the pain that you're in. Good question. Do, do you know what I mean? So like I, like I said, I, I know I, obviously I know... Tell, we, us, how, tell us about your experience. Well, I mean, for. ultimately, we, we, you know, like we said, we decided to have two and a half days with Callie. Yeah. So it, as, I think Crystal touched upon it on her, on, her, on her episode. She said... Links in the description, by the way, for that episode. She said something along the lines of um, as much as it was hard, it was also a bizarrely looking back an enjoyable not an enjoyable moment comfort right yeah. probably yeah that's the I word remember, right? I do remember yeah. Crystal saying that is that actually. in hindsight or? Yeah, oh absolutely yeah because yeah. you, you, at the time you're like this is just dreadful but actually you, your child is in front of you so you are yeah. you're, you're hugging them you're holding them you're doing what you can to find that as you said it's comfort absolutely it's, it's not comfort. the memory you want but it's a memory no, of sorts to take yeah because yeah, you, yeah, okay. you know, as Laura's just said there's nothing you can then do at that point when we were told on the Friday evening and we were sent home, I remember waking up on the Sunday morning, well, I say waking up, I don't even think I'd slept properly, but I remember the Sunday morning knowing we were going into hospital yeah. and Amy was going to be induced. And there was an air of excitement yeah. about it. 
even though you knew ultimately the... I was a bit of a weird feeling. Yeah. But then it suddenly very, very quickly hits home when the inevitable happens. Mm. It's, it'd be interesting actually to hear what, what you say there about that having that time with him mm. because inevitably you knew what the outcome was going to be. You yeah. did, I suppose you didn't know how long it was going to take. No, they when they moved us into the sort of little side room and, and said we could spend as much time as we wanted in there, we just wanted him straight out of, okay. of the sort of cot and we wanted to hold him and cuddle him really. And I did, Gav did. Gav actually held him as they took him off the ventilator as well because we we had to make obviously the choice we had to make the decision to take him off mm. it was um let us know when you're ready basically and we'll come do it so, so as so, sorry I, it's okay. how did you feel about that because we've had people on the podcast before who have who have they've, they've had that exact same yeah. phrase said to them you tell us when you want us to take them off ventilator, whatever that may be, where if that was me, I think I'd be more like, no, sorry, you're the doctor, you do it when you do it. Yeah, you'd agonise over it, wouldn't you? Because because then surely you think to yourself, well, when is the right time to do it? Yeah. When? Yeah. And I, I just, yeah. Gav was yeah. holding him and it was just it was just getting worse and worse and time was going on and I said to him, we've, we've got to make this decision at some point. Mm. Like, we can't, the longer we sit here, mm. the worse it's going to get. Mm. I said to Gav, "We we need to, we we need to go get them mm. really now." And I think the the worst thing is as well when they take them off the ventilator is they turn around and say, "We're going to disconnect it, but we don't know how long he'll breathe on his own for." Mm. So then, once they're disconnected, mm. it's we had to sit and wait, wait, basically, yeah. That's, and, and, that, and that's I, yeah. That's what was horrible. That. That's what was horrible Be- because he was still moving his head yeah. and he was still holding. Gav's so he's finger. obviously alive at this point. Yeah. Still, it, yeah. it, and and oh. ultimately, it could be a minute. It could be an hour. Yeah. It could be a few hours. Yeah. It's like the, it's this continuum where you don't know where you're going to fall on this continuum. No. And I would imagine that is one of the hardest things is that then you want to make the most of every single minute, yeah. every single second, yeah. but also on the flip side is. This could happen at any point, so it's. I, I bet you're battling against the intense trying yeah. to intense, en- trying to enjoy the time that you've got. And I, I use that term loosely, enjoy. Yeah. But trying to appreciate the time you've got, whilst also thinking, hang on, this could be the last second. This could be the last minute. I'd could- never thought of that. I just think that I mean, my dumb brain has thought once that <laughs> thing gets turned off, that's it. That's what I thought as well. So yeah. when she said to me we don't know how long he's going to breathe for when we disconnect it. Well, I was yeah. really shocked because yeah. I thought it would be instant. disconnected. They're disconnected. Yeah, yeah. But, then, yeah. but then why would you know that until you've been told it, I guess? Exactly, because yeah. That's the cruel part, isn't it? Because like, like you say, your yeah, perception yeah. there, when they say that to you, for somebody oh. that's never been in that situation, is that, yeah. like we say, as soon as the ventilator's turned yeah. off, that... What's it going to be, a minute, an yeah. hour? I, it felt. It felt like... It felt like half an hour, an hour, but mm. I, I think it was literally. I don't even think it was a minute. Oh really? I, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But then they obviously come in and do their checks and stuff. And the other thing I found found quite hard was I can't remember who it was, whether it was a, a nurse or a doctor, but they they basically said to us that if we wanted to, we could take Ellis back up to our room mm. for the night, mm. or they'll take care of him from here on in. 
but the way it was described to us was just it was just horrible we because they said he can go up to your room and basically a cold cut yeah. so yeah. we can't we were limited to whether we could cuddle him or even touch him anyway yeah. and i think while maybe comforting for other people i immediately turned around and said no that's not happening just because i think it would have lengthened out the pain because you then know that in the morning mm. a nurse is going to come in and say oh we need to take him away now mm. yeah so our opinion and how we felt at that time we said no to that and that we wanted him mm. to be obviously taken care of and mm. sort of looked after by them which they did an amazing job even afterwards you and gotta they make said, the decision that's right for you and you yeah. and Gaffer, don't you so. And I think, obviously, what was nice, they, they asked us if we wanted hand and footprints to it, and we were like, I was like, yeah, okay. Just at the time, just flipping answers because I just couldn't concentrate no. on yeah, anything yeah. else. So she did them, and that's when uh, she handed us the box. That, um, so she said, oh, we've done a, lot, a little memory box. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't until we got back upstairs, and it was just me and Gav that we opened it, and it was obviously from the Lily May Foundation. And I said to Gav... At that point, I said, we're going to do some fundraising for this charity and like that's what we're going to do in his name and his memory. So, yeah, that's what we've done. Matt's going to be rowing to the middle of the Atlantic to meet <laughs> David Cachevara, our last guest. <laughs> if you want to join him on that for a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Matt rowing across the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, <laughs> There was people on the canal this morning on canoes. People in water on boats? No, it was a canal. In Outdoor canal. adventure activities with Bye, Matt. Matt. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, I saw a car on the road the other day. Why you can't get that far? That's, that's just like... <laughs> you know? uh, we love you, Matt. I saw Matt's toast the first time last weekend. I don't know when we got, sorry, that sounds like we had a weird night out. Yeah, like, yeah I went so. round to Matt's house, isn't it? For Because uh, well, it's the first podcast we've done since uh, what, Callie's seventh birthday. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I went round, just the heat wave started last week and Matt was out outside and he just finished his massive run. He's yes. 40 miles in a day. It's an amazing achievement. Congratulations on that again. And he had his toes out. To Mate, I've seen underground maps look better than them. It was, it was like a bag of twiglets. <laughs> they, they are very claw-like. They're very claw-like. <laughs> I could pick things up with them, I think. Oh, I actually can't believe the Still Parents yeah. podcast is talking about Matt's toes. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, thank you, thank you very much for coming on. How are you, uh, how are you finding it so far? Because I know it's. It, do, do you talk much about you know the loss of Ellis? Does it, it the conversations you have with with family members, with friends, work? Just in is it is it something that you you talk about much or like to talk about or? Uh, yeah, I talk about him all the time, and I think that's why I wanted to do the fundraising yeah, as well because okay. I was Brilliant. worried about people forgetting he ever existed. I think yeah. so. Obviously, I'd planned with a lot of people to have a baby shower that November. And obviously, after everything that happened, happened, I turned that into a fundraising day. And we raised just over a £1,000. So we, my target was 700 Gav was thinking more five. We counted it all out and I was nearly in tears on the sofa. But we had we had just over just over a £1,000. So I said, we're not stopping there. On to the next thing. And Gav sort of looked at me and went... What? Yeah. <laughs> On to the next thing now. So we did. He was still ran. basking in the uh, the glory of beating his target, was he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mum's work do um, sort of a charity raffle at Christmas every year. 
I said to my mum, could you ask them if they could do it for the Lily May Foundation? They raised just over, I think it was 640. And then we ran five-a-side football. So we rounded it up. The total we've done yeah. is just over two yeah. grand. Brilliant. Oh, congratulations. That's great. But we, we've, got, great. we've got more coming as well. We've got more coming. As soon as one... Skydive, skydive. I, my mum, my mum and Gav's mum, I'm going to put them on the spot as well for when they listen, said that they're thinking about doing it. So um, Email me, get it done. Matt can reach the floor from the airplane with his toes. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Matt flies you up there yeah, I'm and the, drops I, you from his toes. I'm, I'm the ladder up there, yeah. I'm the ladder up there. <laughs> can I just say, though, even though the stream has uh, failed us this evening, Gav has actually sent a message through. Uh, just saying, give Laura all of my love as I will still be thinking of her, oh, even though obviously it's not live. And um, there are a few other people on there as well that have been messaging as we've had to tell them that obviously the stream wasn't working. Yeah, so. we, we did have a bit of an issue with the stream at the start. And while we were trying to fix it, Laura said to me, oh, I th was it your mum? No, it was Gav's, Gav's mum Gav's commented mom. help. Yeah, because I think um, she thought it was her. She commented in the stream, help, because I think she thought it was her phone. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was us. It was us. So you're fine. Help. It was us. <laughs> I can imagine that as well, sitting there. It's going, help, help. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What's... How, how old is your... you got the children, right? Is it... Yeah, I've got Archie. He's, uh, Archie. He was six in April. He was six in April. Yeah. Oh, bless. How was Archie around the loss of, of Ellis as well? Was the, you know, because um, he would have been five at the time. Yeah, I think I was worried about it yeah. and had more anxieties over it than Archie took it, to be honest, because he can, he, he's a sensitive, he's a sensitive child. And I thought it's either going to, it's going to go one or two ways. Mm. It's either going to be absolutely fine or he's going to be sort yeah. of inconsolable. So we, I think it was a while, I think it was about two weeks after that me and Gav said, like, we've, we've got to have the conversation, like, we've got to talk to him because he knew I was pregnant and mm. he's going to ask at some point. So we've, we've got to talk yeah. to him. But we, I, sp I spoke to Mandy and I said, how, how do I go about it? Like, what do... And she said, you've, you've basically got to be straight up with him. Yeah, and, honest. Yeah. yeah, and honest. And not, not to make up things, like, about the clouds and... Yeah. Stuff like that, you've got to be straight down the point. So I was, mm. and we we had a really good chat, and he went, all right, why? So mm. I explained to a point that he needed to mm. hear of sort of what happened. He, he was poorly, and and he went, all right, and off he went. Yeah. And then for about a month or so, he never mentioned anything. Yeah. And then we now get, every now and again, we get, so why was he poorly? But, mm. but what happened? And I think that's for a bit more information. He's a little and, bit older yeah. now. Kids of, of that age, they don't have an understanding no. of the finality of death because they, it's yeah, very exactly. difficult. But everything with children is black and white. Isn't yeah. it? You'll have those different versions of that conversation. I'm guessing as as he continues to yeah. to grow, wasn't Definitely. it? And I always remember you saying, Ryan, it was uh, Alfie or or Freddie, and he, after five minutes of you, when you mentioned about Lily May. Mm. It was like, all right, he's off, off yeah, to go and play with his trains. Off to go and play with his yeah. Because, and, and this is, the, and like Mandy said to you, this is why it's important as well when you do break news like that to kids is that you are, you know, totally honest with them. Mm. There's, there's obviously being honest and there's, then there's using... There's tone, isn't there? But yeah, the yeah. and the using the correct words. Yeah. And, and yeah. for instance, saying, oh, they've gone to sleep. Well, mm -hmm. that's probably not the best way of doing it. Things like living on the clouds and stuff... 
that that to me is actually okay. I, I don't yeah, see yeah. an issue with that Same because it. I think that's something quite nice for the kids to be able to hold on to and to look at in, in knowing that, you know, we still talk about a living in the clouds and, and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Alfie's nearly 17 now, but... And it's obviously very different, but with the the younger kids, our younger kids, sorry, they, you know, they know she's up there. And yeah, yeah. It's so difficult breaking news to children of that age because, like Definitely. I say, they have they just. I can imagine you, you know that you're sort of going to break the heart a little bit. It's mm. the, you want to say that to anyone, but mm. especially when it's your own family. Yeah, absolutely. How was Gav through all of this? And uh, listen, I'm I'm not, <laughs> I, and it sounds horrible. I want to. I want to try and explore that bit as well in your relationship with each other. Yeah. Because you know, it sounds like he was an absolute rock. He. He. he, he and I'm not just saying this. Yeah. Either, but he. He was absolutely incredible. We had to. We had to. Um, I think we got discharged from the hospital on the the Wednesday evenings. We had like another sort of that night that he passed away, and then the next day. And I had to have blood thinning injections. So mm. we got, she was like, do you want to wait till Thursday? I was like, no, I want to go home. So, but we had to go back. And we thought we were collecting from reception, but we weren't. We had to go back up onto the ward. So that was bad again, because you've got more new babies that have been delivered in the day, yeah, like yeah. The day that sort of we were at home. So we had to go back up onto the ward to get them. So he was... He, I, I said to him, I was like, I can't, I don't think I can inject myself. Like, it's terrifying. So he, he did that. He was like asking like the nurse all sorts of questions, like yeah, how yeah. do I do it? And this, oh wow! Like so, as much as I say, I think he was fine from my view. Um, he definitely wasn't fine. And we had, we had amazing, amazing conversations in the first couple of months. So I think that that helped. Mm. And we, it was sort of hard because we had to get back to normal basically because this happened the day before Archie went back to school mm. after the summer holidays so Gav's mum was doing school runs and she was looking after him for a few days um, oh but we had to get back to the to school run the and of everything school, and yeah. although we didn't have work to, to deal with as well, well we got we all, the pa- had... all the other parents they're going to be in that conversations with people and oh we expecting you to turn up and have yeah, yeah oh look, luckily I've got um really good friend Hayley she um, was absolutely incredible and Gav's mum knows her so she had that sort of little conversation with her prior mm. so when I got back to school and I was like hi you're right and it was like yeah thank you and we just had general chit chat there was none yeah. of that like how are you doing how are you feeling because I, I didn't want any of that I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I told my mum in hospital I said yeah. I don't want any cards like the I'm really sorry I just can't I just can't deal with the mm. I'm that sorry that wasn't for you that's no not, yeah. it de- definitely it definitely wasn't for me at all did you and did you and Gav cope with your grief in different ways obviously you go through it together but was there different ways that you that you needed to have different moments different styles um I can't really remember to be honest I think we we used to go on quite a lot of like quiet walks we used to be like sitting in the house and stuff we used to Sort of get boring, and we were mm. like, "Let's get, let's get out," and we just walk around. And we wouldn't say anything for mm. twenty minutes, and then we'd go back home and chat. And it was like we were both having that sort of time. I'll have like a little yeah. think to myself and yeah, just yeah. clear my head while we, but we were walking together. Really. That's quite nice, though. He's doing it um, together, isn't he? Knowing that the support's yeah. there, but yeah. not necessarily that you need to speak at that time. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I'd like, um, I definitely am more emotional in that. I cry more. Mm. So I think there's a lot more tears 
from me once we got home. Yeah. But it, it was that as well because we went home and to bags of clothes and like a changing unit and Moses baskets and a push chair and mm. yeah and it was that was hard I think as well yeah. knowing that you weren't going to get to like they weren't still at hospital being cared for mm. and that you weren't going to go pick them up at a later date and I think that that sort it's, of hit in a little bit there's these, doing this podcast there's things that come up quite yeah, quite well, a lot that I wouldn't things. even ever have thought about until unfortunately you, you hear them and two of them have happened tonight you've just said one which is that thought of not only if you, you've gone through the most horrific tragedy, you then you have to go home yeah. and see these things that, I think, was it your sister went, Matt, didn't she? Crystal's sister. Crystal's sister yeah, went yeah, yeah. And, and cleared the house. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, the other one was, you're in the hospital and you're hearing the sound and the happy noises of other people's childbirth going through yeah. in fact one of our guests I, I can't remember it was one of our American guests Josh, I can't remember you, which Josh, one. You, Josh he went as was it Joshua Hewson yeah, Josh. I'll put the link in the, uh, to the episode in the description too he went, they had in their hospital it was like a bell I'm not sure if you heard this episode there was a chime so every time a baby was born ding 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 and they'd oh, hear it all around no. there no, and it was on the same with that at all so that took it up another notch but both of those things you know separately going back to the house and seeing the things mm. that you bought for your child and also being in that environment yeah, I'd never thought Do you know of that. What, until though, something doing this. like that, that that bell thing, is in real terms, it's a it's a really nice thing to do, isn't it? I see why yeah. they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, But at the same time, it's crazy that people have to experience what we've experienced to then give them feedback to say actually. That's yeah. shit nice, for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't do you know, know what, what I mean. Whether that changes and they don't do it anymore, who knows? But. It, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, to think that there's little things like that which do make a, a huge difference to how somebody experiences their time in hospital when they've lost a baby. Yeah. yeah. You know, even down to the simplest of conversations or the, you know, the ability to be able to spend the time with Ellis, the ability yeah. to be able to, even though you did, chose not to do it, to take him up to your room or to, yeah. you know, things like that. And, and ultimately, yeah, this is the, the experience that you have for such a short period of time that effectively then makes up the rest of your grieving process, the rest of your journey as you move And it'll be forward. those little triggers that might make you remind it. I think it was Joshua said, you know, whenever he hears a chime yeah. or anything, it takes that him straight like, back. Yeah, right back in that moment. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. The sights, the smells, the sound. Smells, yeah. big one. Yeah. Smells is a big one. And I think that, like, I know funding is a massive issue, but I'm not talking a whole ward, but even if there was a, a couple of rooms that mm. were tucked right out of the way or on a different ward yeah. completely that you could go to instead of we had I think we, we had a family room um sort of like with, with drawers in it was a little wardrobe in there um but the room opposite us um had a newborn baby in there mm. um a couple of rooms up and I got obviously just having a baby as well you, you sort of automatically then put into that when a baby cries you need to wake up because mm. it's that like you hear a baby crying and you wake and so many times during the night I was like sort of wide awake because I'm like oh I can hear babies crying and then you're like oh it's not mine though mm. and you just it's just that constant hearing so we, we just couldn't wait to get out of it's hospital cruel. we wanted to yeah. leave and then obviously having to go back to pick up medication but not from reception having to go back up to the ward you were on and then having to deal with it all again mm. And then we went back in March for our uh, meeting to find out what caused the sort of early labour. And that that was back on the 
yeah. sort of the wom- the women and baby it's like bit. You haven't been through enough shit already, so we'll just run you through a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like we'll walk you down the corridor where what? the neonatal unit is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just walk you up the stairs and yeah. pass the ward you were in, and then we'll just go into a door just down the corridor. Like, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Are you going to try again? Have you had that conversation? We, we've had a few conversations about it, and um, we, I think Gav got asked actually about a week or so ago yeah. if we were going to keep the same name. So that was an interesting conversation that uh, he had. Um, and I said, "What well, question?" I said, I said, "What do you mean?" And it, it was basically if we had if we were going to have another baby and it was going to be a boy, basically would would we call that baby Ellis? Like sort of Ellis never existed and. Sort of Gav had a conversation about him with that one. I'm glad you said conversation because yeah. I'd have nutted him. Yeah, he went. What that's... an absolute plonker! And it's things like that that like we hear. That's such a that weird that question, man. You just, you no, just because don't... it's still your child, isn't it? No, yeah. I'm, yeah. Just like, I'm just going to call all my children the same name. Yeah, and people just don't think <laughs> no. before they speak at all, and it's. Is it, do you think it was one of those where they meant well, but they're just, as soon as they said it, they're like, oh, shit, that was a stupid question. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I just think, I've, <laughs> said, I've, I've said to Gav as well, I feel like if we had another child, then it'd be, oh, do you think that child would be here if Ellis was here? And Ooh, it's just, yeah. and it's just like, Little things like stupid that, stuff like that that yeah, you, yeah. you don't, doesn't need to be said. And I just don't think yeah. people, they either don't think, they don't think before they say it, yeah, for yeah. one, and... They don't necessarily mean it in yeah. a bad way, but yeah, yeah. are you going to keep the same name? They, they say things because they think that it's going to help. Got to fill the silence. Yeah, fill the silence. Got to yeah, say something. Got to say, yeah, because I, f- I feel awkward. So if I fill the yeah. silence with something shit, mm. then... I won't yeah, feel awkward I won't anymore. feel awkward, yeah. yeah. And it's that, like, mm. you're awkward about... Yeah. Me talking about yeah. my, my child that passed away. How do you think, how do you think we feel? Yeah, exactly. like, it, And it's that... Yeah, it's that... It's, it annoys us. I just make people feel awkward now. Like, fuck them. Because sorry. <laughs> like, no, Jack. Swagger your toes up. Yeah. Exactly the same. Like, honestly, when he asked me, I've got two, how many kids i got? i got two kids. Yeah. The first one passed away. It took me a while to get there. Yeah, yeah. Crystal was very straight away. It was just like, because that's what she does. But it took me a while to get there. And right now, I'm just like, I've lived seven years with this. Yeah. So yeah. you can have a snippet of it. Yeah. It's not about yeah. throwing it down their throats. No, you're right, though. But it's just making them aware of the world and absolutely it? yeah I, I, you don't need to sugarcoat it you know, well, I didn't just end it no, exactly. so no. <laughs> <laughs> Laura thank you very much for coming on to Still Parents podcast tonight maybe yeah, would you be up for maybe coming on with Gav at some point we, we like the episode when oh, uh, yeah. we've had the couples episode come on Gav let, oh, come on Gav definitely did, definitely did have Gav, a chat with him when I get home yeah, yeah. did Gav want to when you told him you were coming on did he, did he want to come on I don't think he's massively into the whole camera. You could be honest. Just say you don't like the show. Sort of. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a little toes. chat with him. I'll have a little chat with They're him. They're down under the table, so it's all right. <laughs> I'll definitely have, a, have, have the conversation. Yeah. Well, right. listen, you're more than welcome to. And it didn't, like we always say, it doesn't have to be for a whole episode. You no. can you can join us just for a few minutes or uh, for the whole thing or, or whatever you want. So, yeah. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Laura. Yes, thank no you, worries. Laura. Thanks now, um, bearing in mind we haven't been live tonight, so if there's anyone listening back to this through their podcast provider and they do have a question for Laura they'd like to ask, then um, please do send it to us through our uh, website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk, our Instagram, stillparentspodcast, and... Um, so remember about four months ago when I said Twitter took our account down because I'm not because Dan was six because yeah apparently I'm the world's boldest 13 year old (laughs) so uh, yeah 
We've got you, Twitter back. We're back. Let us have it back. Yeah, it's, it's the old address, still Parents Pod. Uh, what, what's that you're asking? Are all the old posts up there? Have they kept... No, have they bollocks? They've took them all down. <laughs> Cheers, Elon. Elon. Elon Musk has decided he's Dickhead. given... Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, we have got our Twitter back again. It's, so we'll get that up and running pretty soon at the minute. It's uh, Yeah, so it is there. And yeah, if, if you have a, a minute, 30 seconds even, and you're listening on either Spotify or on Apple right now, if you could give us a little review... Obviously, it has to be five stars, not just because we're big-headed, because everyone asks for five... You yeah, know, of no one goes, all right, I'm going to put three and a half. Nah, yeah. nice anything like that. The reason why, obviously, not only to feed our egos, but it helps the podcast get discovered for other people. It, it just makes it more discoverable. Not just our podcast, but other podcasts, uh, which, are, which are, you know, doing similar things. And we need more of them. That's why we're doing it. Yeah, we do. So we'd appreciate that. Um, you could probably do it in, the, in less time than it's just took me to ask you. <laughs> Very true, very true. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, Laura, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks. No worries. Thank you, Thanks Laura. For having me. All the best, and we hope to see you again. Ryan and Matthew. Matthew. We are uh, going to be back with Tom Hender for episode 55. Lovely. We of, are. Of the Still Parents podcast. Take care, and we will be back very, very soon. Adios. See you soon. Thank you.